everyone, and welcome to, I believe this is episode 31 of Girls with Dogs. I am Kimberly, the blogger behind Keep the Tail Wagging, and I'm here with my dear friend, Kathy, the blogger behind Groovy Golden Doodles, and we are here once again to talk to you guys about our dogs. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? Well, hey, Kimberly, we're just so formal. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, too. Well, I think that that's marvelous. (laughs) I do, I do, I do. March is almost over. So for us, that means that the March winds are dying down. Um, Jax's ears are doing better. Harley's now are starting to act up, but I'm I'm on top of it. So we're just going to leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Um, Good to be with you today. I love our topics that we're going to talk about today. You want to know what they are? I do, I do. Okay, so we're going to stay in the letter P. <laughs> I, I sound like Sesame Street, don't I? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I want to talk about paper palms and parasites. So let me just elaborate a little bit on that. Okay, mm-hmm. I've noticed in Facebook that, um, or on other social media platforms, that there are a lot of people with puppies dealing with paper product problems and puppies. It's a lot of peas up in there. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about that because we don't have puppies anymore. And maybe if somebody is listening, um, we can help them um, mm-hmm. understand what they're going through and maybe give them some hints on how they can um, overcome this or at least live through it. And then I wanted to talk to you about palms, palms as in um, not coming up for Easter, but palms for people that continue to stick them in your dog's nose and face. I want to touch on that and see if we can, if you can help me understand that. Um, And then the parasitic infection uh, report came out for 2022, which is very interesting. Um, So of course, you know, I just love talking about heartworm, limes, fleas, and ticks. Um, So those are my three P's for us for today. Okay, let's do it then. So well, paper, what's up with well, the paper? No, back up. Oh. I want, you said, that you, <laughs> <laughs> you said you were holding on to some comments. Oh, you want to do it now? Yes. yes. I'm so excited. We're getting really great comments. This is over on YouTube. Um, the first comment is from Ivy Dragon Breath. And she says, and I'm assuming. Um, I, but. She, he, they. Listening to you two over the weeks, months that I've been listening to you, and I feel like you're friends of mine. I look, what? Laughing with you. Okay. I love. (laughs) Yes. I love laughing with you and your differences and how you raise your dogs and the respect you have for each other. Very refreshing. Well, thank you, Ivan Dragon. What is it? Ivy Ivy Dragon Breath. (laughs) Okay. Ivy Dragon Breath. Um. All right. You got another one. <laughs> I have another one. <laughs> it's um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's Aki or yeah. A-K-I Aki K. Um, love your chats and info and the care love you put into your dog with wellness. Yes. Less time with humans and more fun times with dogs. Ethical, a healthy life. Thank you to mm, you both. Mm. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you. So those are our comments. Oh, well, we got comments. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what P do you want to start with? 
Oh, I want to start with the paper. I want to know what's going on with the paper. What's wrong with paper? So I've noticed that on some of the social media sites, pretty much Facebook and Instagram that I look at that are all about puppies and dogs, because it's really Harley and Jackson's page. Um, everybody is getting frustrated with coming home from either work or just being out for a couple of hours to find that their dogs have gotten a hold of toilet paper. They've gotten a hold of paper towels. Um, some have been just a little more expensive, like furniture, um, cushions and mm-hmm. throw pillows and bed pillows and shams. And, uh, one of those things, those <sighs> one lady, I just felt so bad for her because the dust ruffle around mm-hmm. her bed, um, for whatever reason, the dog just felt that the left side of the bed just shouldn't have the dust ruffle. I mean, he just destroyed it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Not, first of all, this, it's not a disclaimer, but let's just put it out there that this goes kind of beyond the um, when you're going out, you create your puppy. I mean, you could have a dog that is old enough to be potty trained yet. You're in the house, you're downstairs. The dog could go upstairs. I mean, a lot of times we don't know where they are, or what they're doing, but I've never had destructive dogs and I don't know. Um, and some people are saying I've just about had enough. I love my dog. My family loves my dog, but I can't do this anymore. It's costing me too much money. I've just never had that. I look at these things, whether they're real or made up or staged and I'm, mm-hmm. my mouth is wide open and I'm in, I'm just in horror and shock because I can't envision um, something like that happening. Did you go through that when you had puppies? I did. I did. Rodrigo was the worst. Sydney participated a little bit. Um, Scout was very good. He was so cute because he would go and take the toilet paper roll off and just walk quietly into another room. And it's like, yeah, but we see you, Scout. You can walk as quietly as you want. You're not invisible. Put the mm-hmm. paper, go put it back. And um, Zoe wasn't so bad. Apollo isn't so bad either, actually. But one thing that I found, and this is, of course, just my experience and not a judgment of other people, but when I see those type of things and looking back to my experience, our problem was a lack of exercise, to be perfectly honest. And okay. you know, they say a tired dog is a well-behaved dog. And my dogs, you know, they got bored. And so if I wasn't going to entertain them, they were going to entertain themselves. And yeah, you know, my dogs have a huge toy box full of wonderful, fun toys. And sometimes they're just not interested. They're going to go find their own fun. So I started, once I started, you know, really playing with them, whether it be just taking them out in the yard and throwing a ball for a while or taking them on a walk for a few miles, a couple of times a day, that, that stopped that behavior. Because it's basically, you need to, um, your dog is looking for something to do. At least that's what I look at it as. They're looking for something to do. And so you can either give them something to do or, um, or you can, I guess that's all (laughs) you can give them something to do, or they can destroy your home. So I, I think that it, do you think it goes beyond, um, breeds because I know we we as humans like to always label things you know um and we like to say oh it's the breed that's that's what's happening it's I think it breed. could be 
I mean, I think that there, I think that there are some breeds that are probably more apt to be destructive than others. I mean, I think if you have a dog that's very, very smart and they are a working dog or come from a working line, um, I think you're going to have more, probably more of an, um, chances of them destroying things and you need to find things to occupy their times. I mean, I know a lot of people who have herding dogs, um, who do agility and, uh, what is it? Um, nose work and, you know, or just going hiking and jogging with their dogs. And so they're always out and about and doing stuff with their dogs. And so if someone makes a mistake of getting a dog that doesn't match their lifestyle, so they're getting a high energy working dog and they're not a high energy person or family, then you're probably going to end up with some destruction, but you know, you can offset that by one being honest with yourself about what you can and can't handle and not, you know, getting a dog based on a popular movie or based on, you know, the way they look. Cause I mean, I, I get it. I love Huskies. I love, um, Belgian Malinois. There's so many dogs out there that I love, but I have to be honest with myself about whether or not I c- can give them the lifestyle that their breed dictates. Um, so, you know, at one point I got all caught up in the whole breed thing and I don't know if you had a chance to um, read like the last blog post that I wrote where I was apologizing to my dog because he kept you know, you come in the house and you so he grabs a shoe or one of my slippers and he prances around the new human that comes in. Um, oh. But he he doesn't give anybody the item in his mouth. And so I just started to lie. I made something up. I said, I mean, because really I'm a blogger. Um, I work with dogs. People expect me to know shit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> they expect me to know stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I wasn't comfortable saying, I don't know why he's doing it. So I said in my very authoritative tone, oh, he's a, you know, half golden retriever. So that's what he's just known to do, bring gifts. But we haven't worked with him on actually giving it to you. Can I get you something to drink? <laughs> so that was kind of like my opening line. And it wasn't until I was doing some research and reading and I found out it had nothing to do with a golden retriever. There are all kinds of dogs that do that. It has something to do with dopamine and the excitement that dogs experience. And some dogs just have to clamp down on something else. They're going to absolutely explode with happiness. And so that's what he's doing. And he's clamping down on what happens to be my shoe or slipper <laughs> um, and walking around with a tail wagging just as happy as he wants to be, I guess, until that sensation dies down. And then he drops the item. But I say all of that to say I was hooked up on the breed thing, you know? Um, yeah. And so I don't know how to help anybody. And I feel so sorry for these people that come home and their house is not the same. Or they come downstairs after they've been upstairs for a few minutes and they find this. But the exercise thing sounds um, very logical. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's what it was when when Rodrigo was a puppy. He would destroy books. He would destroy papers. I mean, he would anything that he can rip up. He would he destroyed so many dog beds. I just don't even know. But. I finally complained about it to someone 
And they were, and they asked me, you know, cause and he was a puppy. So I was like, you know, how much exercise do puppies really need? They just go outside and play and we walk around with them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think I needed to do anything, but sometimes with some dogs running around and playing isn't enough. You have to have a variety of different types of exercises, but also you need to engage their mind. If you have, especially if you have a really, really intelligent dog you need to be able to engage their mind and teach them things. And, and those are the type of things that I think that, you know, all of us, we get busy, you know, we get wrapped up in stuff and we don't think about the fact that we still have an obligation to make sure that our animals get what they need on a daily basis beyond, you know, food and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty much there's not a whole lot we could help these people with. Um, not unless we know what they're doing. Cause that's what, I, that would be my first question is like, whenever I see videos and stuff like that, I wonder, you know, like, what are they doing with the dog beyond, um, like maybe just the average walk or putting the dog in the yard? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, I'd be curious to know what percentage of our country is actually walking their dogs on a regular basis. And what percentage of people put their dog in the yard and call that exercise, not understanding that your dog is just sitting outside they're not doing anything. I mean, they exercise with us. And even if you get two dogs, maybe they might play with each other as puppies, but as mm-hmm. they grow older, they just chill and they exercise with us. So, I mean, cause, and I understand we, I mean, when, before we started working from home, my dogs didn't get as much exercise as they should have gotten. Whereas now that I work from home, I have a much more flexible schedule. So I can, you know, take a break and mm-hmm. leash everybody up and go for a walk. And I can do that twice a day. And so and that- I think, I think because of where I live, mm-hmm. um, I'm able to take the dogs so many places with me that yeah. even if we're not going to be running and playing, they're still just not laying around on the floor yeah. in the house while we're gone. So, and, and just that, that is, I think people don't realize, like when people talk about, um, social socializing, uh, of the leader or the, one of the executive directors of save the rescue that I work for, um, she posted something about a year ago that I shared about, you know, all these dogs being going back to the shelters, you know, because they are not socialized, they're not trained and people can't handle them as they're getting bigger and people are going back to work and don't know what to do with these dogs. And one person commented that, you know, she couldn't socialize her dog because everything was shut down. And, you know, so what are you supposed to do? And, Mm -hmm. and, and that was like, you know, I had the same misunderstanding of what socialization means. People think socialization means letting our, basically that like, it's a cocktail party for dogs, letting our dogs hang out with other dogs where it's like, no, that's actually not it. It's exposing our dogs to a lot of different things. And, you know, so even if, um, even if I had one dog, you know, maybe if that dog was dog selective, he just didn't really like other dogs. I can still socialize my dog by, you know, like with puppies, you can put them in a stroller and walk them around the neighborhood and let them witness. I say, put them in a stroller because if they're not fully vaccinated, you don't want to risk them getting sick. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can put them in a stroller, walk them around. So they, you know, hear the sounds of cars, hear voices, you know, smell different scents as they're going around. 
as your dog gets bigger, you know, you can take them to places like you do dog friendly places. I see people Mm -hmm. do it all the time. And it's mostly about, you know, just exposing your dog to things. And all of these things also provide, you know, training opportunities where you're teaching your dog not to jump on people who want to pet them and, you know, all of those type of things. So it's all Mm -hmm. socialization. It's just a matter of making a, making a commitment to do something for a certain amount of time every day with your dog. And it's just so, I mean, it's, I don't, I hope I don't sound like I'm blaming people for their dog's behavior, but it's just, you know, it's one of those where when you get a dog, I've learned that there's a different way of thinking about, you know, what your dog needs based on, you know, what I thought at first was just that you walk your dog, walk them around the block, put them in the yard, you mm-hmm. know, but that's just not the reality of it. He All does, right. he does the same thing. When I come home, when he gets super excited, he runs and gets a toy and runs, but he doesn't give it to you. Uh, no, no, he just he runs around with it. He wants to run around. Yeah. With something it. about that clamping down with the teeth and and the dopamine and all of that stuff. I, I don't know. I just looked at Lee and I said, you've never put anything in your mouth and ran around behind me. So, <laughs> I mean, really, like, do you really love me? Tell me true. <laughs> um, so, all right. Favorite subject of mine. I think in 2015, I must have done a blog post. I've got to pull it out and add to it and then repost it. Yes, I said that out loud. (laughs) So we see a lot of people in the hospital, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's not old. It's decrepit for me right now. Um, I cannot understand, and I want to talk about this thing about letting a dog sniff your hand, palms down, palms mm-hmm. up, open hand, fist, thumb up. I don't care what it is. I don't really know where it started. Um, to be honest with you, I see it as being all close to a problem because a lot of people have a tendency to thrust their hand it's almost a sweeping motion and they don't realize what they're doing. So they, they wave their hand in front of the dog's nose and then immediately lift up to pet dog's head. Mm-hmm. Um, some dogs could find that sudden movement startling. Chances are a therapy dog, it would not happen. But I don't know where this started. It's almost like we shake hands. And so this is a person's interpretation that a dog needs to have uh, a type of a greeting, if you will, um, an introduction. And I, I don't know where it came from, but I don't believe that it has any validity because if you want me to smell, if I want um, Rodrigo to smell my hand, let's break this down a little bit. What is it that I want Rodrigo to get out of my hand? He's so it's not going to connect to anything. So why am I doing it? <clears throat> and so I looked it up and I found an article from 2018. And it's funny because I, I know what you mean. I've started seeing these memes coming around over the past couple of years about stop doing this. 
And the, but this thing says, it says dogs smell hands because it is a natural part of their world. They learn about you and everything else through their powerful sense of smell. Remember to respect this part of them. And that is totally normal behavior for your dog. But that's like saying if a dog comes up and smells us. So, you know, like I have, exactly when, when I come into the house or if I go to my friend's house and they'll all smell my legs because they're smelling my dogs. But, you know, that's exactly. different than me just going up and saying, hey, I'm friendly. You can tell by smelling my hand. That's actually not really the case. And I mean, they're smelling either dial soap, jerkins <laughs> lotion or hand sanitizer or nothing what, because you or a sandwich. Eat. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really what they're smelling. Um, I don't. And it's such a swift movement. It is almost like something that that the world has accepted and they do it as if it's like a check the block. They don't even really spend a lot of time. It's like a wave by like they're trying to, you know, those automatic doors and -hmm. you can wave your hand and the door is open. It's a wave by and then their hand is um, immediately it goes to the head or something like that. Um, They call it the sniff test. Yeah. And it's something that we've all done it. Some people have stopped doing it, Um, but it's no longer the advisable way to introduce yourself to a new dog. Yeah. And again, they're saying that extending your hand towards a dog. Now think about this. You're putting your hand in front of a dog's mouth, a dog you don't know. Okay. Mm -hmm. A dog could take that as a potential threat or a trigger to something that's going to happen that he doesn't want to happen. Yeah. Now I've never personally seen a dog react to that, but I just don't understand it. So for my dogs, they always give that person a look like, Hey man, what you doing? Like, did I put my paw on your face? It's almost like you don't have to do that. Yeah. I, I always, when, but if I'm coming up to a dog that I don't know, Um, First of all, I never put my hand up like I'm going to pat their head because my dogs don't like that. They'll Mm -hmm. duck away because they're like, what are you doing with your hand? I can't see it. So I, I actually go in to scratch their, their chin, but I go in slowly so that they can decide if they want to back up and then I'll back up if they, if they don't want to be pet. But, you know, I go in slowly not to allow them to sniff me, but to allow them to either lean into me. So that it's like, okay, we're going to do this or give them time to back away from me if they're sh- a very shy dog and that I'll back away and not pressure it. But yeah, I found this online where it says, when you reach out towards a dog, you are using body pressure at them, giving them no time to assess whether you are safe and whether they require further investigation to pick up your information. You are forcing an interaction of a relationship that hasn't had time to develop. So, I mean, so when I, okay, so I meet and interact with strange dogs every, almost every day. Mm-hmm. And I always have to explain to the handler, please don't think I don't like your dog because they'll, you know, okay, come, I've, I've already had several interactions with the human component of this team. Mm-hmm. So by the time I actually get to meet them and their dog, the, the relationship is already developed between the two humans. So they'll come into my office with the dog and they're excited because they want me to see their dog mm-hmm. and they're, they're proud of their dog, you know? Um, 
And so I noticed that they'll come down the hall and they'll say, you're going to get to me, you know, come on, Rodrigo, you get to meet Kathy, Kathy, this is Rodrigo, Rodrigo, this is Kathy. <laughs> and so, you know, Rodrigo's tail is just a wagon and I'm just looking at Rodrigo like, what's up? And I do that purposely. And then I look at the human who has this look like, oh no, she didn't just diss my dog. And I'm saying, hey, I want your dog to want to meet me. And so that's what we do. We stand there and it only takes a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. probably because my office and me smell like different dogs. So, you know, they, they come into my office and they're all happy and, and I'm not ignoring them, but I'm allowing the dog to let me know that he's ready to meet. It's almost mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, now I'm ready for us to um take this relationship to another level. So a lot of times if I'm sitting down, they'll, they're walking all around in my office or what have you, even mm-hmm. if I'm meeting them in a hallway, I'm never going to get, I'm never going to be the, the initiator of the greeting. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's hard if I'm walking the halls and there's a patient or a family member that wants to, they don't understand it and really don't have that kind of time to discuss that with them. I don't ever want to like slap their hand and say, what are you doing when they stick it out and put it in the dog's face? But I've never, ever wanted to put my hand in a dog's face because I never know what the dog might do. Mm -hmm. And I can't figure out why the dog would use my hand as some signal of acceptance that this is cool. This is okay. Um, so I, I never could understand that. And it happens all the time. And it is such a turnoff to, um, to Jackson. Yeah, it really is. And it's almost like he's saying, Hey, you know, back up. So what you just read makes a whole lot of sense to me Mm -hmm. in the sense that, um, the dog doesn't understand that's not a natural reaction for him to have that happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember where it started or why we do it and what was the thought process and the theory behind it, because it never made any sense to me. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I need you to say something other than uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I want. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it makes sense, though. I mean, and it's funny because. It's, I, I wonder how many myths that we just accept and adapt and move on with that are completely, oh, utterly great, wrong. Great subject for next week. Doggone it. I'm going to research that. Because it's just um, like, it is, it's something that I have believed that you're supposed to do this all my life. And it wasn't until I know. The, the meme went you know viral on social media um, that talked about, no, 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 stop doing that. You know, a trainer put that out, you know, stop doing that. You know what this article says, the pet campus, Hmm. put your hand out so they can sniff. We teach children from a very young age to do that. And it's no wonder children get bit more than any other segment of our population. (laughs) And when you think about that, that is absolutely true. Um, It is because you don't, you, you know, bupkis about this dog. Yeah. And so you want to put your hand out and I'm saying, so of course, when I took the dogs to, um, uh, DC, that was the thing. I said, please don't make him, don't teach him to do that. There's no reason to do that. Yeah. Just 
walk around and, um, you know, let the dog get used to you. Even if you're standing there just for a few minutes, just try it next time. Go and meet the, greet the human, meet the human. You can acknowledge the dog. Don't touch Mm -hmm. the dog. And then over time, and it's like a matter of minutes because, and I'm not trying to be rude, all your stuff smell like dogs. Mm-hmm. It's yes, it's clean. You've washed it. Hopefully you've used those very expensive bounce sheets that I bought you. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, but you still have their scent on you. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to cause them to gravitate to you. And before you know it, the dog is going to be standing next to you real close, may even been leaning on you. Then you can go ahead and start, you know, rubbing the back or the ear or under the chin or whatever it is that you do. Patting a dog's head, that's also not a real cool move to make with a dog you don't know, because a lot of dogs have that same reaction. Hey, where's your hand going? What are you getting ready to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's funny because it's like, you know, this brings me back to, you know, the people out there who want to, um, you know, we want to, <clears throat> you know, I want to pet all the dogs and, you know, get all upset when people don't want them to pet their dogs. It's just sort of like, look at it like children. Would you just go around and pick up random children? No, you wouldn't. And which I wouldn't even go up and start just talking to children without well, first of all, talking in this to their day and age, you could, you wouldn't live that long to yeah. do that many. It's not, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> it is not going to be okay. It and is we, not going to be okay. And we all understand that and we know it and we, we respect it, but we don't offer that same respect to people's dogs. And it's just sort of like, if you don't know the dog, if the dog does not know you, don't push yourself onto that dog. Don't make their handler feel bad because you in this moment want to pet the dog. It's not about you. And if Precisely. someone says no, you, you know, you need to back up, you know, it's just as simple as that. I mean, and, and I, and I get it. I understand. I love dogs too. Whenever I see dogs, I smile. I want I want all the dogs to love me, but because I have four dogs, you know, I, I leave them alone and I just, you can smile at a dog from a distance. It's well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> fine. Okay. It's, it's okay. fine. You'll look, you'll survive. <laughs> I just need, I just need to know how to, um, I want to educate the people in my circle, um, so that they just stop sticking their hand. Um, <laughs> and like one lady said, oh man, she put her hand in. Now this is, we hand sanitize before and after a visit. Okay. And we've been doing this before the pandemic. Um, and I actually pay extra for non-alcohol um, infection control approved um, hand sanitizer pens because the alcohol, the people put the hands in the dog's faces and the oh, dogs are yeah. like, whoa, it's just too much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she did that um, a long time ago. And Jax kind of did that, you know, oh, my God, you've cleared my sinuses. <laughs> and so she said, um, oh, he's just too shy. And I thought, no, it's not. <laughs> I know. And I wanted to say so bad. Let me squirt my hand and stick it in your face and see if that doesn't like burn the hairs on your nostril. But, um, and that's when I was like, note to self, got to find something with less alcohol in it. But no, I, I just really wanted to know if I was the only person that one, didn't understand it, and then two, didn't believe in it. 
Um, so we never talked about that, but I, I just find that to be fascinating. Like you said, all of a sudden now people are saying, don't do that. And I never thought about the fact that you could get bit, but I guess you could if it's yeah. the wrong dog. Exactly. Um, I just didn't understand the, the method to the madness, but um, all right. And so then my last P for the day, parasitic infections. Uh, that is one. And that's when we hear that. Dun, 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 dun. So I stumbled across this site from the American Veterinarian Medical Association, who I really do like these people almost as much as Mr. Google. and. Um, so far they've never steered me wrong uh, because last year they were dead on it. And it looks like um, this year, nothing's going to change for us, but they give a, um, a forecast for heartworms and Lyme disease every year. Mm -hmm. And so please put this in the com in the section when you um, load this this episode because I sure. want people to look at it and look at their region. Like Kimberly was being so rude to me, everybody. <laughs> All she did was look at her region. Who's in like a deep, rich purple, meaning that they have zero to 0.25% of a chance of having a parasitic infection um, overload in 2022 with heartworm. Now me, I'm in the red. So we won't even go there with my percentage. And the same thing for Lyme disease. So I think more so than the heartworm is the Lyme disease concern. Um, you don't have any issues at all. It doesn't look like in your region. Mm -mm. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't look like I'm going to be in, in bad shape either. It says, um, the Great Lakes region um, should prepare for the elevated infection risk of Lyme disease. Um, and then does it give any kind of area for heartworms and ticks? No, it's I'm, just every, everybody's yeah. on their own. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, damn. You're on your own. I mean, and it looks like. I mean, it's like. With a it's vengeance, like um, to the, the CAPC, because they get their information from the CAPC, and I mm -hmm. don't know what those letters stand for. Um, the Companion Animal Parasite Council. There you go. Predicts rising heartworm prevalence in the U.S. Mid-Atlantic region with spread north into densely populated areas of New England, as well as increased heartworm risk in areas of Southwest Colorado, Kansas, and the Northern Great Plains. The forecast also calls for ongoing high risk of infection along the Mississippi River and the southern Midwest and along the southern and central Atlantic coast. So Pacific Northwest. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it just kind of, it is what it is. I know that we have, um, we have ticks mm -hmm. and, um, and heartworm issues. So I know that. Mm -hmm. um, so therefore, I do have to go with a chemical-based protection. I don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, and that's okay, because they seem to do well with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm all right. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's one of those where, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to live where I live and we don't have those risks. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm grateful for that, but it's one of those where one, which is surprising. I'm, I'm amazed at how many veterinarians are still pushing heartworm meds on animals here when we don't have a heartworm issue. That's a sad thing that does happen in our state. Um, but it's also very important to know that although there are, you know, quote unquote, natural ways to treat heartworm, um, none of them have been, you know, tested, you know, in a, in a scientific setting. And Mm -hmm. most of the, uh, you know, information that we get out about these cures are, you know, anecdotal, just like with a lot of other things. And it's not to say that that's not, you know, valid. It's just that I don't want to encourage people to run out and buy Guinness beer and start feeding it to their dogs, thinking that that's going to take the place of heartworm medication. So it's just a matter of, you know, I hope you have a very good vet that you can have conversations with if you're concerned and start asking questions. If you have to give your dog, whether it be heartworm medications or vaccinations um, for different illnesses or, you know, flea and tick, you know, the chemical flea and tick, you know, topical treatments, talk to your vet about what you can do to filter those chemicals out of your dog's system safely. So they're not just sitting around there. Oh, and listen, I just, man, I tell you, Mr. Google, that is my dude. I just, <laughs> I just love him. And somebody wants to ask me, well, why couldn't do my, why couldn't it be a girl? Well, I don't know. Just, I just, <laughs> when he speaks to me, he has a deep voice. So, you know, he's just a dude. But check this out. Kimberly, go to the the site that I just sent you, right? Uh-huh. Oh, um, go to the bottom uh-huh. and see where you can click the link full forecast and maps yeah okay so click that i did all right now once you click that one Mm -hmm. there's another one i want you to click um everybody stay with me this is important okay so now when you click that it gives you the 2022 annual pet parasite forecast right right okay you see that one Mm mm-hmm and the risk of exposure. Mm-hmm. So that's the link I want you to share with everybody. And then you see where it gives you the heartworm forecast, the Lyme disease forecast and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But keep scrolling. Okay. Then you'll see, this is pretty cool. A monthly pet parasite forecast, right? Really? So click oh. that one. Now, this is important, everybody, if you're listening, because you can actually then go to the map and check your parasite and your flea forecast. So if you happen to be an individual who only wants to um, That's a good idea. give prevention during the months that are really high for your particular area, hot dog, pun intended. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, see, you got a map now for your own region. This is pretty good. Yeah, it is. And it gives you heartworm and then heartworm canine because, you know, adults, I mean, humans can get heartworms. And another thing to know, for those of us who don't live in heartworm positive states or states that are traditionally heartworm positive, if you're noticing that your infection risk is slightly 
growing as years go on. It may not be because you have heartworm mosquitoes in your state. It may be because of the reporting of heartworm positive dogs that were rescued from heartworm states. So we, we pull up a lot of dogs, you know, um, well, our, our rescue pools, a lot of dogs from California, which is, um, a low heartworm state. It's on the low end, but I know other rescues pull dogs from like Texas and, you know, just different States around. This is very interesting. Do you know that I went to the state of South Carolina and was actually able to go to my own County? Really? And my County is just as bad as the state. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Because if you click on yes. your state, you can go into this different areas. Yes. Well, so there's is... areas of my state that are, you know, what is this area? Mm, she says, ah, this is really cool. I know. I know. So if you're listening, you know, check this out. If you, you know, get into this kind of stuff like we do. Um. Wow, they have monthly cool. alert maps and you can subscribe to the alerts. I think that's taking it to a whole nother level. <laughs> but, but if but you're really interested in it, if this if, is your, if this is your jam, if this is your jam, we have just brought you to it. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah. So no, I don't do anything for heartworm for my dogs, thankfully, because it's not a risk. And also, um, I don't do anything beyond diet and um, essential oils mm-hmm. for flea and ticks, but that's because we're fortunate enough to be in an area on a property that doesn't have, um, you know, we don't have a big problem. You knock on wood. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Good, good. But, well, I'm in it, but I follow my regiment, mm-hmm. um, have my dogs checked and fed their physicals regularly so right now everything seems to be fine and we've never knocked on wood praise god we've never had any um serious issues with with that so mm-hmm. i'm just going to keep um keep doing what i'm doing okay. because it's working that works it works <laughs> it works so there we go that was my psa <laughs> Those are my three P's for today. Nice. I like the three P's. You like the three P's? What are you going to do for the rest of the day? Well, I am wrapping up um, editing videos for National Raw Feeding Week. Um, I'm going to take the dogs for a a short walk. I was in a car accident, so um, I hurt my back. So I want to stay moving because I know that when I sit for a long period of time, everything tightens up. So we're going to go for a slow, short walk today Go for a slow, short walk. Yes. And then um, I'm still thinking about the shrimp scampi that you mentioned last week. Oh, girl. I think I'm going to make myself shrimp scampi for dinner. I think you should. (laughs) I really do. I think you should. Today, I know, shocker, I don't know what I'm going to have for dinner. Oh. I know, right? I, I, know, <laughs> I, know, I know you're disappointed. But the sun is out. It's um, a little breezy, but it's it's a, it's a really, really nice day. Um, Lee saw seven, seven blades of grass. So he ran and got the lawnmower out. <laughs> As they say in the South, bless his heart. And so, um, 
But, you know, we had some rain um, off and on the last two or three days. So the flower bed, the, the soil is nice and damp. So I may mm-hmm. go put on some gloves. Yes, I said put on gloves and let the dogs lay out on the porch and enjoy the breeze. Um, and I may go out there and, and pull some weeds and stuff. So mm-hmm. we're getting ready to, it looks like pollen season is wrapping up. Yeah. And um, so, I, you know, I'll tend to the porch while he tends to the yard. Yeah, I do, do. I need to do some weeding, but that's not going to happen. But yesterday I transplanted my succulents into new pots. They were all in. Um, I had a couple of huge pots with tons of succulents in them and they grew and got it crazy. So I oh. broke everything up and put them into new pots. And then I have a whole bunch of uh, what are they called? Like cuttings that I'm drying out so that I can um, lay them out in soil and start making new starters. So you, they're in soil, you take them out and dry them out to put them back in soil. Yeah. You have to dry them out because if you don't dry them out first, they can rot. And so that won't work. But if you let them dry out so that where it broke off of the plant, it seals up, you lay them into soil, you sort of just a little bit. You want to get them into the soil a little bit, but not deep. <clears throat> it'll start rooting and it'll build up in a whole new plant. So I have a whole okay. bunch of them. So I'm going to give that a try. That's it's my, I haven't done that in a long time. So I'm going to give that a try. And that's about it. I'm just going to mostly, I'm just going to take it easy and rest and relax. I think you, I think you should. I think Maybe you watch should. some TV later on today. I'm going to, um, pour a glass of wine and get on the internet and create a GoFundMe page for you. So we can just <laughs> let you, we can let you Uber to work instead of driving. I know because I, I decided that I am never going to buy a Ford Escape again, as much as I love my Ford Escapes. And I know it's not their fault, but I swear I've only driven Ford Escapes for the past 20 years. And, um, and how's that working for you? Yeah, they, they, I get into accidents all the time. And I mean, knock on wood, thank goodness. They're not my fault, but it's like, good Lord. Can people please, please start paying attention to what you're doing and stop rear ending people. Because what makes me aggravate, I'm grateful that my dog wasn't in the car with me, but what aggravates me is that Thursday I had to pick up Johan at the airport. That didn't happen. Scout had a veterinary. He had a, a chemotherapy appointment that had to be postponed. I mean, she just wrecked up my entire day. I mean, again, it was an accident, but you know, it was her fault. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, you know, you, you've lived to tell the story. I and have. And I walked away from it. And, and the that's, important thing. And what's, I guess the good news that comes out of it, two things that happen that you might find humorous is one, the, well, this isn't humorous, but the good part is that when I did call his oncologist about it and said, I'm not going to be able to make it because I had to go to the emergency room. I'm fine though. They were like, no, well, they talked to the oncologist and she said that he was doing so good that, um, cause she was planning on moving him to every two weeks next week. And she was like, we'll just move him to every two weeks now. And so that's good and good news. Excellent. Excellent. How he's doing. But um, when I was at the accident scene, one of the officers came up to me and said, so what type of dog do you have? <laughs> and I looked at him just with this confused look on his face and I started to answer, but then I just stopped and goes, how do you know I have a dog? 
And he just looked at me and he's like, your shirt says dog mom, best relationship ever. And I was oh, like, God. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. And with that, I say good night, Gracie. <laughs> good night, Gracie. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better, baby. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I will talk to you next week. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Okay. <gasps>